Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss. You've got Donald Trump's lawyers trying to delay Justice Arthur and Goron from entering that final judgment to be officially recorded by the clerk. Of course, we know that the judgment was handed down at the end of last week. It still needs to be recorded or needed to be recorded. Donald Trump's lawyers tried to do everything to block that, to stay it, to stop it. Justice Arthur and Goran said, take it up with the appellate division. Clerk entered the order moments ago. That order was entered. And as you predicted, I think Donald Trump's going to have a lot of trouble finding that cash. Also, today is the annual CPAC event, although not many people are turning up. It's basically an empty auditorium. This was once a very proud and well-attended event by actual conservatives. It used to be completely packed. Now it's just a Donald Trump and MAGA grift with J6 pinball machines and MAGA water and a bunch of other really bizarre stuff. And it is not widely attended would be putting it as an understatement. I also want to talk about uh, President Biden meeting with the family of Alexei Navalny, as opposed to Donald Trump claiming that he is like Navalny and how he was treated in the uh, rape case against Trump, as well as the civil fraud case against Trump. But why don't we start with this, Michael Cohen, Lara Trump, she is potentially and likely going to be the head of the RNC. This is who Donald Trump wants to install to lead the Republican National Committee. Let's just go and take a look at what she said last night at a speech that she gave in South Carolina. Let's play this first clip. You think paying for uh, President Trump's legal bills is something that would, is, is of interest to Republican voters? Absolutely. That's why you can't go fund me get started. That's why people are furious right now and they see the attacks against him. They feel like it's an attack not just on Donald Trump, but on this country. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, it's an absolute attack on this country. The fact that Donald Trump is being account held accountable for, you know, a crime that he committed. I mean, this is just... This is what's the right word to describe it? This is um, so Navalny-ish, right? The fact that you know, he's being <laughs> that he is now required to pay. And again, it is a civil matter um, as a direct result of his own complicity in a crime. I mean, it's it, it's truly amazing. And what I find interesting and something that I had talked about both on my podcast as well as on television once that Ngoron decision came down. And it's not shocking to me that Laura Trump is touting and spewing the Trump message, stay on message. Uh, you know, they're all saying the exact same thing about the injustice to Donald Trump and so on. The fact that she could be even considered for a co-chair position in the RNC, especially after making the statements that she's making, which is that all the money that the RNC will ultimately bring in needs to go to the single most important and really the only important race of 2024. And that is the presidential race backing Donald J. Trump. I mean, the problem with Laura, and I've said it before, and I don't, I don't say it to be mean. I say it because it's true. She's an idiot. And when you when you she loves this attention, this Trump attention. Where she walks into a room, as she did here, and it's not heavily occupied. Maybe there's, what, 60, 70, 80 people in that room. And they're all applauding for, oh, my gosh, oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, she's from North Carolina. Here they are in South Carolina. And right on to script, right on to script she goes about, you know, the unfair treatment that Donald Trump is getting as they're now, you know, 
entering into the final 10 months of the 2024 election, that Joe Biden is a corrupt criminal who, along with his son, is constantly taking money from foreign sources. The allegations that the Bidens are all fascists and communists. She parrots the same shit that Donald is saying. And why is she doing that? Because she wants to continue her relevance. If she doesn't spout how Donald is a genius, how he's being unfairly treated, that the RNC money is only to go towards him and all of the other nonsense. And we should probably play some of the clip because it's so funny. It really goes to show you that there's an idiot in every state and they seem to want to see Laura Trump speak because they all believe the same nonsense. Well, you know, it's all projection and it's all projection and confession with these magazines. You know, they always talk about it's a woke mind virus, you know how they call it. But the reality is, is that, you know, the bottom line is all I want to talk about, Michael Cohen, are policies. I want to talk about people's wages. I want to talk about things like the Infrastructure Act and the Inflation Reduction Act. I want to talk about how we bring the semiconductor industry here. I want to talk about protecting our allies and why NATO is important. Like That's what I want politicians to talk about. Hey, you know, protecting women's reproductive about? rights. Yeah, sure. I want to talk about a woman's right to choose um, in terms of her reproductive rights. I want to talk about climate change. I want to talk about the earth. You know, I've said this before, and you and I have had this private, this discussion privately. My concern is while we're doing all of these things, what's happening to our earth? It's not like if you're unhappy in the state of New York or you're unhappy in the state of Texas or California or any of the states and you just choose to move to another state. Yeah, you can easily do that. You pack your shit, you get into a car or you get into a plane or a bus or any way of transportation and you move. That's great. You're unhappy with America. You're unhappy with whatever country that you're from. And somehow you go ahead, you try to fill out your immigration papers, whatever, and you move to another country. You know where you can't move off of? You can't move off the planet. There's no other place to go. So here we are polluting the shit out of the only place that we could survive. How does that make any sense? We're building more, more bombs, more, more technology that does what? It destroys. The goal is to destroy the only place that we can call home. We are the only, we're the only civilization that is stupid enough to even think about the creation of a weapon that could crack the Earth's core in half. You know what else I'm concerned about? I'm concerned about what I believe is a fake statement, but nevertheless a statement by Russia claiming that they're going to put up in the orbit into space a nuclear weapon to knock out our satellites. Today, for example, my phone system went down. We had no access to the telephone, the internet. You couldn't go on, um, you know, on, you couldn't do it Wi-Fi. Any, everything was cut down on AT&T. Something happened, and everybody started panicking and saying that this was an attack uh, on the system by foreign agents. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't think so. I think it was just a fucking glitch by AT&T. But regardless, we have to start getting accustomed to things like this, especially when you have an adversary, meaning Russia, claiming that they intend to put into space a nuclear or a series of nuclear warheads that they could launch at our satellites to knock out our communications you know that's pretty that's pretty tough words fundamentally though i want to talk about those issues and what i want to make clear is that what politics used to be about where there could be very very strong disagreements but at least you had two people on stage who were talking about the issues and debating ways about combating the issues or promoting certain issues, but that's what politics was about. 
I mean, everybody can have very strong views, for example, about Ronald Reagan. There's some people who say he's great. There's some people who say he was absolutely awful. Same thing about George H.W. Bush or George W. Bush. But they were not standing on a stage saying, I got the greatest $399 pair of sneakers. And if you want to buy my sneakers, you it's sound like, like Bernie first, Sanders. I know. I saw that. I, I, you're right. I'm a bad Trump impression right there, but the accordion hands, I got it. The point, the point being though, this is this is some abnormal stuff that's happening. When Donald Trump goes up there and goes, everybody, I passed a cognitive exam. It was a really hard cognitive exam. And I want you all to know that what I'd rather be is electro socauted than eaten by sharks. And then people start clapping. Cohen, I'm watching this and I'm just saying, this is freaking weird. And in terms of poisoning the mind, the Fox propaganda network, the right-wing media has pumped this crap over and over and over again. And they act like this is the way politics is supposed to be. This is some weird MAGA mutation stuff. Yeah. And when we talk about the pro-democracy community, to me, it's about bringing people together, liberals, progressives, independents, actual conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, people not affiliated with political parties. And let's just be like, yo, let's be normal. Let's yeah, talk let's, about issues. That's that's talk, fundamentally what I'm after. Yeah, let's talk to one another instead of over one another. That's the issue that's going on as well in Congress. There's no, there's no communication going on between politicians across the aisle anymore. It's not like the old days where you know you can get into an argument and then you know come five o'clock you're having a beer across the street you know with that person knowing that tomorrow you're going to come in and you're going to fiercely debate your position on why you are right and they are wrong but they talked to one another not over one another now it's all about the soundbite it's the marjorie toilet green sitting there and showing dick pics of Hunter Biden on the on the floor of the people's house. It's, you know, it's talking and saying the most racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, homophobic, anti-Semitic shit that you can in order to get a five second soundbite to raise money for your campaign. That's all that this is about. It's be it's Politics isn't about politicking anymore. It's all about fundraising. And the craziest shit that you end up saying, the more somehow that your crazy supporters are supporting you. It is backwards. It's asinine. It's un-American. It's stupid. It's what's and going look, on. And this is from CPAC. I showed you the photo right about how kind of empty it is this is the organization led by matt schlapp schlapp has been accused of uh by a republican consultant who worked for herschel walker of sexually molesting him it was a, a man who brought these allegations against schlapp there's discovery underway in that you know we've seen a lot of those text messages between schlapp and this man who's accused schlapp of sexually of, of molesting him um and you have discovery underway where schlapp apparently is alleged to have shredded the documents um so anyway you have that empty stadium right there empty room right there at a hotel in washington dc then you have someone like jack Pasibic or however you say his name and Pasobiac. he's giving Pasobiak, he's given, um, you know, kind of a major spot to give a speech. And, and here's what he had to say. Play this clip. All right. Welcome. Welcome. I just wanted to say welcome to the end of democracy. <laughs> We're here to overthrow it completely. We didn't get all the way there on January 6th, but we will we, we will endeavor to, forget, to get rid of it and replace it with with this right here. We'll replace it with this right, right. here. Amen. That's right, because all glory, all glory is not to government, all glory to God. By the way, as he's saying that there, you have a Republican Supreme Court in Alabama um, quoting Bible verses, right, to say that frozen embryos are human beings, which has basically shut down all IVF 
in the state of Alabama. This is dystopian. This is real scary stuff. And it needs to be reported on with the urgency that we're doing here at the Minds Touch Network and on political beatdown. And then here's Lara Trump. And I, I want to get your views more on this ruling by the Alabama Supreme Court ruling that frozen embryos are human beings and basically saying that if a frozen embryo, if something happens to it, you could be charged with murder, with wrongful death. And again, that's basically shut down the IVF clinics um, in Alabama. This right here is Lara Trump when she's actually, you know, asked a question about Alexei Navalny and what her views are, right? Because if she's going to be the leader of the RNC, she should be able to answer a question like, do you believe Navalny was murdered? Do you believe Navalny was poisoned? What's your reaction to that? Watch Lara Trump play this. And do clip. you believe that Putin is responsible for the death of Navalny? I don't know enough to comment on that. Do you think the RNC don't know enough to comment on it is her response. That's the Republican Party for you today. Look, like I said, it's very hard to ask me a question about Lara uh, when it comes to anything political, when it comes to anything of substance, because again, she's not there for her brains. She's there as a placeholder by Donald to ensure that every single dollar that comes into the RNC manages to go to his pocket. Plain and simple. The part that's the most interesting about this move by Donald is what happens to all the down ballot, uh, what do you call it, campaigns that will be going forward? What happens to the local mayoral race between a Republican and a Democrat? What happens to congressional races? I believe they said that there's, what, 23 congressional GOP seats that are going to be up for grabs, that these individuals want nothing to do with the party, and they are leaving Washington, 23 of them. So now you're going to have John Doe, Jane Doe, running for that seat against a Democrat. Problem being, what happens if that Republican is unable to raise money in order to fund the campaign? Because most politicians cannot raise money. It is a misnomer to believe that all of these politicians can. Many of them, if not most, rely upon the RNC or the DNC to help them campaign, to help them with their fundraising and so on. So what happens now? Well, Laura Trump gets on with her overinjected lips, right? And, you know, and her face and her spray paint, just like Donald, and says, well, sorry. Sorry. All the money is going to Donald. That's the single most important race. It's the only race that the RNC gives a shit about today. It's not really how you keep a party intact. Laura Trump's actions, which are not guided by her, let me be very clear, she is a placeholder. She is a cardboard cutout placed there by Donald for the sole purpose of having another avenue to grift money from. That's it. The RNC will implode because people will not give money. People should not give money to the RNC. They should figure out then how to give money to individualized campaigns. And as a lifelong Democrat, you should say, well, Michael, I hope that they do implode. It's better for the Democratic Party. It's not good for the country. We never want to have only one party. In fact, I'm not really thrilled with the fact that we only have two, but two is certainly better than one. If the RNC falls apart and it implodes, which it will, under the control of Laura Trump as a co-chair, I promise you, I promise you, it is bad across the board. It is bad, certainly. You know, you know who actually said it best, Ben? Nikki Haley was on CNN tonight. 
And she turned around and she said that the RNC will implode. She also turned around and said that this isn't even going to be a close election. All right. Despite what all of these polls are saying and so on, she goes, it's, it's impossible because Donald Trump each and every day through his words and his actions, isolating more and more individuals, not just within the Republican Party, but also within the independent, um, the independent undecided voters. He is pushing them away further and further with the stupid comments that people like Laura Trump makes, or there was even one, I think you guys posted it on the Midas, um, on the Midas Touch Network. There was a clip of a guy talking about Trump's fucking hideous shoes, his sneakers, the $399 ones that he's having manufactured for $5.25 in China. One of the things that this guy said is that Donald is now appealing more so to the black community because they like sneakers. They're into sneakers. Not only is it a factually inaccurate statement to make, it's a racist statement. It's, a, it's an abhorrent statement to make that he's now popular with the black community because he's hawking sneakers. I mean, it's, I don't even know where, there's no way to answer the level of stupidity that a comment like that makes. And this guy is making it on behalf of who? Not Joe Biden, not not the Democrats. He's making it on behalf of Donald Trump and the GOP. Disgraceful. Did, did you know this, that all of Mike Pence's children were the product of IVF? Um, and you now have a MAGA Republican Party that is basically trying to make it impossible for IVF clinics to exist, citing Bible verses in judicial opinions. That's what's happening right now. Well, let's, let's, just, let, let's, delve in, let's just delve into that a little bit further because they're closing down these IVF. They're taking you know leaves because they don't want to open themselves up to a criminal charge. Hence, they're in Alabama. Alabama poses a grave danger because there are other states that are on board with that same Christian nationalistic ideology. And that's the danger. So these IVF individuals, right, these doctors and these workers, because you they will hold everyone accountable. So the question that I really have, and it's a dangerous question, let's say hypothetically you freeze a dozen eggs, right, over a period of time. Because anybody who knows anything about IVF will tell you that doesn't always take on the first, second, third, fourth go around. It just doesn't. But what happens if hypothetically it does? The first, the second, the third round, and now you have another eight, nine, ten eggs that are there frozen. But you don't want more children, right? This is either the one child, the second child, third child that you now have as a direct result. And you don't want more children. What do you do with the eggs? Well, you really don't want to give it to somebody else. I mean, you certainly could donate the eggs, but it's weird, right? I mean, you know, I could understand people's trepidation in doing something like that. And so what do you do with them? Well, you can't destroy the egg anymore, which is what some people have chosen to do, what some women have chosen to do in the past, because you could get eight, nine, ten counts against you for murder. Despite the fact that you were successful using IVF in order to have the child that you wanted. This is really nuts. I mean, this is dystopian. This is exactly like Handmaid's Tale, but even worse. Yeah, and this isn't hyperbole in Alabama. Destroying a frozen embryo is a murder. That's what it is considered now. So yes, if you destroyed a frozen embryo and there were eight or nine other frozen embryos that were ordered to be destroyed as a result, for example, of a prior pregnancy or whatever the reason is, 
that would be a murder and you could be charged with a wrongful death as I read this opinion. On this each by the, and every one of the of the eight, fertilized eight, eight murders. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is this is nuts, but it goes even further. It's not that the um woman who whose eggs they are, or the man, assuming that it's his choice as well, it's everybody from up to the to the last person that they can end up charging with, you know, assisting in the murder. I mean, this is as a co-conspirator to this murder charge. And that's why these IVF um, clinics are shutting their door right now until there could be some clarification. I mean, the secretary at the front desk, assuming she gave them the piece of paper as to what to do with the with the frozen egg, she too could be charged with being complicit to the murder. It is the craziest thing. You don't know where it starts. You don't know where it ends. All I know is that this is the toughest decision that a man and a woman ever have to make. It's the toughest decision that the woman legitimately has to decide. And they're now taking that decision, that right to decide what to do with her eggs. They're taking it away from her. And they're giving it to the courts. They're giving it to the legislative body there in Alabama. This is so dangerous, I don't even know where to start. Because as yeah. soon as this goes on, we've already seen what happened with Roe versus Wade. We've, you know, I truly believe that we're going to start seeing overturning of even more uh, of, uh, of these sort of um, cases, like, for example, the Obergefell case, which is same-sex marriage. There is no doubt in my mind that what they are doing is laying a foundation especially when I think it's, what, six out of the nine Supreme Court justices are Christian nationalists? Very yeah, I think, you know, over, I, I think uh, Obergefell, the case that uh, allows same-sex marriages, um, I'm pretty confident that that will be overturned. I think we'll probably see severe limitations placed on birth control, you know, when the Supreme Court takes up this IVF ruling at a national level, I can see there being kind of national implications outside of Alabama here, you know, and to the point where they can charge the secretary, the doctor, everybody involved, what you'll end up having are basically RICO cases for, <laughs> for, for murder um, as how they'll be charged for IVF clinics. And, and that's ultimately why people are saying, well, why are they shutting down in Alabama? The ruling didn't specifically say you can't do IVF, but the implication is you can't do IVF. And that's what's happening there. L let me just turn to though, like what's happening today with like President Biden. So like in, in, in the world of kind of normalcy and leadership where you have Lara Trump saying she doesn't know anything about Navalny and, and the circumstances around his death. Here's a photo of President Biden with the family of Alexei Navalny right here, embracing them, hugging them, sitting with them, spending time with the family, because we this is what we want in a president. <laughs> this is what we want in a this is what we want in a leader. Here's what President Biden had to say after meeting with Navalny's family. Here, play this clip. A few days ago, let's listen to the president. I had the honor of meeting with Alexei Navalny's wife and daughter. As you state the obvious, he was a man of incredible courage. And it's amazing how his wife and daughter are emulating that. And we're going to be announcing the sanctions against Putin, who is responsible for his death, tomorrow. And uh, but the one thing I made that was made clear to me is that uh, Yolanda is going to, she's going to continue to, the fight he had underway. So we're not letting up. Thank you. As we have the stark contrast between normalcy, supporting our democracy, cool, calm, collected, like President Biden right there, you have, on the other hand, what we showed you earlier that's going on in CPAC. But the way the media reports it is like Trump supporters turn out in force at CPAC. This is from uh, the, the Hill right here. And it says, 
Former President Trump and his allies are the undisputed stars of the show at the Conservative Political Action Conference in National Harbor, Maryland. But Salty, pull up the photo of what's happening today. Trump supporters turn out in full force. And Cohen, this is why the media needs to be rebuilt from the ground up because you they see, are ben, complete. What's going what's to happen here is that these maggots are going to turn around and say, Ben, what you and Michael are showing is inaccurate, that this is when they just opened up. It was before any of the speakers were coming to the stage. Uh, you take a picture of an empty. It's almost like, you know, I went to the hockey game the other day, the Rangers-Dallas uh, hockey game. Go Rangers. And what ended up, uh, it would be, it was a sellout, 18,060, whatever the number is. It was a complete sellout. It wasn't an open seat. But if you go there, let's say, 40 minutes before the game starts, maybe there's 500 people in the stand. So if you go and you show a picture of that, that certainly is not representative of how many people ultimately showed up. That's the whole problem here. They will not allow the truth to be told. They will argue and fight with you, and they will try to convince their fellow MAGAs that what we're saying is inaccurate. That's the, that's the magic of MAGA, that they are so deluded in their own ideology, their own thinking, that they know exactly the things to say to one another in order to dispel the truth and to stay on message, which is that CPAC, GOP, Trump, that everybody wants Trump, nobody wants Biden, CPAC, major success, DNC, loser, despite the fact, you know, we're raising more money for the G uh, the GOP and for Donald than the DNC is raising. Anything that they can say, they are doing better, despite the fact none of it is true. Absolutely. And, you know, the point that I want to make here, too, is, you know, by the time this article from The Hill was written, let's just talk about, like, that's the only point I want to make. Those photographs that we showed you were the same time this article was made. So what the media is doing is they're pre-writing their headlines because they're pushing a certain type of narrative and their narrative just does not match with the data. And even when they can't possibly, you know, hide it because you get some report like that Biden's fundraising is like 8x Donald Trump's fundraising when you add up you know, Biden and the various PACs associated with him, they'll, they'll then go like ailing Biden shows some glimmer as hopes fade quick. I'm, I'm like reading this headline. I'm like, so the article here is that Biden's up in this poll, that he's raising more money. And the article that you wrote is again, that Biden is old. Like, like that's like, you're, that's what you're doing. Meanwhile, you've got Donald Trump up there praising Vladimir Putin and attacking NATO. Michael Cohen, we've got a lot more to discuss, though, on this episode. I especially want to talk about Justice Arthur Ngoron having his clerk enter officially judgment against Donald Trump, meaning that period of time starts now for Donald Trump to post the bond. And again, I don't think he's got I don't think he got the money. We'll see. Let's take a quick break. Ben Micellis here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh 
three times longer than other sheets, no more gross odors. And get this, Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo, BEAT, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code BEAT to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash beat to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers just in the United States? House plants call out. You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of house plants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I love fast-growing trees. I recently got their most popular small avocado tree at a great price. Fast-growing trees has an amazing selection to choose from, and their customer service, it's just top-notch. And the cherry on top, I saved so much money by not using an overpriced landscaper. The experts at fast-growing trees curate thousands of plants so you can find the perfect fit for your specific climate, location, and your needs. Whether you're looking to add some privacy, some shade, or natural beauty to your yard, fast-growing trees has in-house experts ready to help you make the right selection with growing and care advice available 24-7. You can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, how to take care of your plants and everything else you need. No green thumb required. So right now, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional, get a load of this, they get an additional 15% off when using the code BEAT at checkout. That's B-E-A-T. So that's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtree.com using the code BEAT at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code BEAT. Offers valid for a limited time. Tell them we sent you. That's how you do an ad right there, that's Michael. That's how you Lord. read. That's I right. think I that you that. made some trees for privacy. Gotta, I think you made some trees grow very cool. fast right there. Yeah, I think exactly. trees grew fast. They heard that. The trees heard that ad read, and they were like, let's grow, baby, grow. <laughs> grow baby right. Let me Just show like you this clip of Donald Trump. Grow, baby, this grow. <laughs> Let me show you this, uh, this clip of Donald Trump. from. I, I have so many jokes that I could be going on right now, but I'm just going to save those for – I'll save them for the after show. <laughs> this is Donald Trump at the so-called – uh, town hall that was held with Fox or Laura Ingram. It was just bizarre. She would say things to them like, does everybody know how far? So funny. And, and, and you're really funny. And uh, where's everybody loves Melania. We all love you. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like watching this. I'm like, what in the heck is this? But here when she asked Donald Trump another softball question about 
his ability to post a bond. Let me show you what he says here because I think this is kind of the biggest tell amongst just if you know that Donald Trump doesn't have the cash, but this was his tell that in my opinion was like, okay, this guy this guy doesn't have the money. Watch what he says when he goes, we, we've got the cash. We have a lot of cash here. Play this clip. Question, which I thought about a lot last night because it's yeah. such a huge amount of money. You have to decide whether you're going to put up that bond and escrow I do. To, to appeal. Are I you do. going to do that? And I'll, where are you I'll tell get you what money? we're going to do. Number one, well, I have a lot of cash, but that doesn't mean he can take it. I mean, you know what he did? I think he looked at my cash and he said, well, we'll take all of his cash. This is all coming out of the White House. This is all everything that you see, whether it's that one or the D.A. You know, in the D.A.'s office, this? in Bragg's office, he has his top people from the DOJ working in the district attorney's office in New York. Nobody knows that. Everything is coming out. This is all election interference. They're trying to damage me so they can win another election. They want to. He goes, they can't take my cash. It's so amazing. In that that small 15, 20 second clip, that there's not one single ounce of truth being spewed by a guy who will probably be the candidate for one of our two major parties. There's not an ounce of truth. First of all, he doesn't have a lot of cash, okay? He's got certainly more than I do, right? But not enough in order to handle this $545 million um, civil fines that he has between the Angoron determination as well as the E. Jean Carroll cases. He just doesn't have it. Um, how is he going to post the bond? He's, he, he, again, his understanding of even how the system works, despite the fact that it's not his first loss, it's not the first uh, judgment that he has against him, what he's saying is factually inaccurate that, number one, and Goron or Biden, that they all know how much cash he has, and he's trying to take his cash. Listen up, Donald. I know you're watching this, so hear me, stupid, because this is how it works. You have a judgment against you. There was a verdict for $355 million or $354 million against you. That was the verdict. However, however, tack on another 100 because of statutory New York State interest. That's $454 million. It's a judgment against you. What do they do if you don't pay that judgment? They go after your assets specifically the assets here in the same state. Otherwise, what they have to do is they have to do something called domesticating the judgment, where you take it to another state, you then have to run it through the court system there so that they acknowledge the judgment's validity, and then you could try to seize assets in another state pursuant to their specific state law. But you don't need to do that. There's more than enough assets here in New York to handle at least some, if not the bulk of this. And that's what Tish James has already said. It's in fact, it's what Roberta Kaplan, Robbie Kaplan, the attorney for E. Jean Carroll said. We're already looking at how to seize assets in order to uh, pay off the $88.6 million that's currently, I shouldn't say 88, 83.3, the other 5.3 million. They actually posted a cash bond. If, in fact, that it does not go the way Donald would like it to go, that the case doesn't get overturned, they will then be able to make an application to the court that is holding that $5.3 million for the release of the funds to the escrow account of Robbie Kaplan. That's just how it works. He does not have the ability to post $454 million. And as many people will tell you, when you're posting a bond, that's not what you have to put up. It's like 20% of the amount. It's $90 million. Here's the problem. You still have to validate the number. So if you put up $90 million in cash or some other asset worth $90 million, that doesn't mean that you stop there. The bonding company 
will want to see 454 million worth of asset. Now, here's where the problem comes in. First of all, many of these assets already have mortgages on them. So you have to deduct that from the amount. On top of that, you know, right now the market may not be at its all-time high and if you have to do a fire sale, you know, you have to knock off maybe 30 35% of the value, right, in, in order, if you have to do a quick sale in order to get that money, not to mention Trump also has taxable consequences. So all of this gets factored by the bonding company, not to mention, I'm not sure I can think of a bonding company who has the credit line in order to stroke a check for 454 million. This case is really complicated, but I want to say that that 30 days doesn't start running today. That 30 days started the day that he received the verdict. Uh, and that's already seven days ago. So he basically has now, you know, uh, you know, 23 days left, technically three weeks within which to figure out how he's going to post that bond in order to um in, in order to effectuate an appeal. Really it's more complicated than people understand, uh, but it's something that is done on a daily basis. Not for this amount of money, but it's done on, on a regular basis. You know, one of the things that Trump was trying to do, though, to delay the posting of the bond was to basically challenge the premise, though, that you just laid out and said, OK, there was a judgment that was issued last Friday. We want you, Justice and Goron, because we've just treated you so great and we're so trustworthy to basically stay the clerk entering the judgment in a formal way for 30 days. We want that to be delayed while we try to brief why we think there should be something called a settlement of the judgment. We need to settle the judgment here. And Justice Ngoron then responded, like, what are you even, settle the judgment? What are you even talking about? Like, the judgment's pretty clear. Let me just show you the sequence of these letters. So on February, it's all happened very, very quickly. So um, yesterday on February 21st, Cliff Robert, the same lawyer of Donald Trump's who attacked the independent monitor, Barbara Jones, and said that she lacks competency. She's one of the most well-respected retired federal judges out there. He sent another genius letter, this one to Justice Arthur and Goron, saying that the proposed judgment submitted by New York Attorney General Letitia James should actually be construed as a motion, and therefore there should be motion briefing that should take place in order to, quote, settle the order because this entails more than complicated relief. And it goes on to basically, you know, whine and complain. And then Justice Arthur and Goron responded, Dear Mr. Robert, I have compared the language of the Attorney General's proposed judgment to the language of my February 16, 2024 decision and order, and the former exactly tracks the latter, except for the addition of defendants' addresses and blanks for interest amounts. Please let me know by 5 p.m. today if you object in any specific ways and how your counter judgment would differ. Given the foregoing, I see no need for a motion or conference on this. Justice and Goron. So what Justice and Goron saying is basically, if you think there should be a different judgment than what is pretty clear in my decision or submit it to me. And the response by Cliff Robert the same day was basically, we want to stay these proceedings for 30 days right now. We want a delay right here. It's in the third paragraph of this other letter. It says, should the court decide that the standard processes set forth in the CPLR, the Rules of Civil Procedure, and the Uniform Civil Rules for the Supreme Court and the County Court do not apply in this case and proceed to enter the Attorney General's proposed judgment, defendants request the court stay enforcement of that judgment for 30 days. Given that the court-appointed monitor continues to be in place, there is no prejudice to the attorney general in briefly staying enforcement to allow for an orderly post-judgment process, particularly given the magnitude of the judgment. 
And then Justice Arthur and Goron responded, Dear Mr. Robert, you have failed to explain, much less justify, any basis for a stay. I am confident that the appellate division will protect your appellate rights, Justice and Goron. And then the clerk entered the judgment officially. It's my reading of it, Cohen, and and I, I, I think... I'll need to do a little more research on New York law, though, because we're talking about a seven-day difference that when the judgment is officially entered by the clerk, as opposed to the decision and order, is when the date runs for posting the bond. Now, there's other relief for the decision and order itself in terms of implementing some other injunctive relief that I think tracks, but whatever, we're talking about a five to seven day difference, mm -hmm. but Justice Arthur and Goron basically said, go pound sand. You know what I really like? I like that Cliff Robert, this fucking putz. If you've ever seen him or listened to him, he's a fucking putz, is telling the judge. You imagine the balls on this guy? Rest assured, he wasn't this ballsy before he became, you know, um, one of Trump's guys. And the reason he's doing it, did you see how much money his firm got in like $4 million uh, from the Trump PAC in order to cover all of the various different things? I don't even know, to be honest, what he's actually doing, because in the case that uh, the, this Angoron case, he was basically silent. The entire time, it was really Alina Ahaba who took front and center on it. And then more importantly, then it was Chris Kais that was making um, the bulk of the arguments. I don't even know what this guy did for his four plus million dollars, but he doesn't want that gravy train to come to an end. And he's willing to shit up his entire reputation by now telling a, a, telling a judge how he should handle a case. I mean, Cliff Robert, give me a fucking break, the chutzpah, the absolute chutzpah of this asshole to sit there to tell the judge how he should handle a case. Look, Justice Arthur and Goron, we may have attacked your wife. We may have posted photos of you with your shirt off and attacked you every day, leading to death threats against you and your family. We and may you have attacked your son. We may have attacked your principal law clerk. We may have turned your courtroom into an utter circus. But Justice Arthur and Goran, would you please uh, help us out here? What we really would like is an extra 30 days. Perhaps you can help us. I mean, then they go into that mode right there. And Justice Arthur and Goran's like, no, no, go away. I'm entering judgment immediately. A few other things I want to talk about, but, though. But in Goron, let me say this, though. And Goron is a very lenient judge, much more so than Judge Mershon that will be handling the DA's case, much more than, um, than uh, 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 Cho, uh, what you want to call it? Uh, uh, what's, what's her name? Chutkin. Uh, uh, and so on. He's much more lenient. Had Cliff Robert actually had a reason why, why that this request should be granted, as Ngoron said, just if you have a reason for it, let me know. Send me, send me a motion. Send, send a, send a formal document. And instead, they send something like, "Well, we, we, you know, we needed him and him and him and him and no." That's not a reason. And so it was simple for him to deny the request because there was never a compelling reason for him to do so. I mean, he's being judicious. In fact, he's being incredibly Solomonian in the fact that he, he would not have just said no simply for the sake that saying no. He was saying no because there wasn't a valid reason. And I think that's the, that's the point that people need to take away from this. If there was a valid reason for doing so, other than Donald Trump wanting to delay it, he would have probably granted it. But there was no compelling reason. Well, and that's what Justice Arthur and Goran said. If you want to <laughs> submit a proposed judgment form to show me what I'm missing here, rather than write me these letters, submit your proposed judgment form. Two other things I want to make sure we cover. One, we've already covered a show that this was Fox 
showing that the reason that they think that black voters will support Donald Trump is because black voters like sneakers and Donald Trump is appealing to black voters by releasing a pair of Trump sneakers. I mean, you don't get more racist and weird and despicable than this. Well, you do, but it's pretty weird, racist and despicable. Play this clip. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media last night. Very interesting. As you see, black support eroding from Joe Biden. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. Question for you on that point, though. Yeah. Will the people that are excited about the sneakers and excited about Donald Trump Will that translate into them going out and voting for Donald Trump? Well, anybody willing to put 400 bucks down for a pair of sneakers? Yeah, I think that's commitment and love. I it's hope something. You're right. It's something. It's affection. Yeah, let me oh. tell you about the culture there, Michael is Cohen. Let me explain to you what black voters really are looking for here. They're really looking is for it, sneakers. Is, is it me? Does that asshole look like Pee Wee Herman? I mean, and does that room look like Pee Wee's Playhouse? Again. It is a racist, it is an inappropriate statement being thrown out there that only what black people, especially inner city black people, like ugly, tacky gold sneakers. And because Donald Trump is putting out and charging or making a profit of $394 um, on each and every pair, that black people will now come out and vote. I mean, let me let me say it's it goes so far into Donald's perception of black people. There's only one way to this guy. Two people today are getting the two finger salute. That's this guy spewing this. I mean, that this horseshit racist nonsense that. He's connecting to black people through sneakers. I mean, wow. So to whoever he is with the fucking peewee, you know, haircut and the whole, I just was waiting for him to be sitting on cherry with the arms going up and down. Fuck you, you racist moron. But I got to go one step further because he's sharing the spotlight. And that's to all of these Alabamans who think that, what they are doing right now to these IVF, you know, to these fertility clinics and so on, you two have to share in the double fucking salute. Fuck you all, all right? You're talking about people who are going through very difficult times. They are dealing with things that, you know, unless you've gone through it, you can't understand, all right? Um, I have so many friends who unfortunately went through the IVF process. It is very taxing upon them. And then to do this, where now you're making it not just inconvenient for your eggs to be frozen, but the uncertainty that can happen to you and everyone up and down that line regarding the future of those embryos, of those eggs. There's no words. There's no words other than fuck you all for making a difficult situation even harder on people, on Americans. You know, look, and seeing that Fox reporter do that is it's racist, it's clownish, it's strange. And watching how he even reports on. Well, let me tell you about the culture. What I think is this is a major win for the I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, weirdo? So that's number one. But then. When these MAGA Republican propaganda channels try to normalize the fact that Republicans in the House of Representatives are knowingly and intentionally laundering false and fabricated information from Russian assets who admit that they are Russian assets to try to take down President Biden. And that just becomes a thing that Republicans now do. They're going to launder in information from Putin. And then when they're caught doing it, their response is, 
It is what it is, and there's still other reasons. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. Y'all relied on a Russian spy for your information to impeach a United States president, and when caught, your response is, it is what it is. It was like when Kushner was asked by Axios recently. So, you know, what do you think about this $2 billion investment that you receive from MBS as this quid pro quo? And Kushner goes, are we really going there? Are we really going? Are we really going there? The MAGA Republicans are laundering fabricated data and trying to say, oh, well, Biden gave a $4,000 car loan to Hunter Biden when Hunter Biden was recovering. Let's do an impeachment and make chaos here in the country. And then you've got Trump's son-in-law getting $2 billion. He's like, are we really going there? You're going to ask me about the $2 billion I received from MBS. So let me just remind everybody, though, what James Comer said about the Russian spy back when it was not yet exposed who this person was. Let's play this clip of Comer. Claims. What is the whistleblower saying specifically? Well, as you know, Maria, Senator Grassley and I have reviewed a legally protected and highly credible whistleblower document, which alleges that there was an exchange of money for policy decisions made by then Vice President Joe Biden. We uh, have determined that whistleblower is extremely credible and based on the bank records that I've been getting and you and I have been talking about on your show for weeks now, and based on the fact that nine different Biden family members have been receiving payments from a web of LLCs that are receiving payments from my adversaries around the world, this fits a pattern of uh, questionable behavior that the Biden family members have been doing to receive funds. So uh, we take this whistleblower claim very seriously. We know it exists. We know the FBI has the document. As Senator Grassley said, it is not classified. So we want that document in our possession. And we also want to know what the FBI did to verify the claim of the whistleblower. We, we think we have some real credible information here from a very credible whistleblower. He may indeed work for Vladimir Putin, but we're the Republicans in 2024. So yeah, we'll let, just let, go let, ahead let and say, do what... Let, let me say this to you, Ben, and to our brigaders. This is exactly why. Week after week, here on Midas Touch Network, on Political Beatdown, on the Legal AF, on the Midas Brothers, on uh, my Mea Culpa podcast, we keep saying we must continue to build this community bigger than anybody ever thought possible. And why? Because ultimately, we will grow so big that we will actually infiltrate states like where Comer Pyle is located, like where Marjorie Toilet Green or Lauren Hobart or Ted Cruz or Josh, you know, or Matt Gates or Josh Hawley. We will infiltrate through our community and we will ensure that assholes like this never have the right, never have the ability to wear that gorgeous congressional pin on their lapels. That pin represents everything that this democracy stands for. It represents their, their ability to make rules, regulations, to do things on behalf of their constituents, on behalf of helping the United States of America to remain the greatest country in the world. Instead, they defile that pin by getting up there and talking about fake information, going after the president of the United States, whether he's part of your party or not, there is a, let's say there is a level of respect that is due to any president, including Donald Trump when he was president of the United States. You have to defer to that individual because that individual has been elected by the people. And instead, they don't care about that. They don't care about the office of the presidency. It's all about them getting what they want. Again, that yep. five-minute soundbite so that they could send it to their constituents, raise more money. People like Comer Pyle, people like, again, the other folks, Bobert, Hobart, 
you know, uh, uh, toilet green, all of them. We need to be able to get in there, infiltrate, smash their fucking campaigns to smithereens and ensure that only legitimate, decent people who want to who, who want to do good for the country are representing us. Absolutely. Michael Cohen, what a great show. Want to tell everybody, too, who's watching this live a few things. Number one, a new video just being posted on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Of course, our YouTube channel is free to watch. I call it Former DOJ Star Drops the Hammer on GOP Leaders. And I spoke to somebody who used to be one of the top attorneys within the DOJ who ran violent crimes uh, in Los Angeles. And I just asked him, I said, so when you hear the Republicans talk about like defunding the FBI and DOJ, like what does that make you think? Give me your day. And he talked about prosecuting MS-13 and prosecuting, you know, all these sex trafficking crimes and doing all these things. He's like, that's what they want to defend. So that video is posted right now. Check that out. It's free. Make sure you all subscribe to the Maya Culpa podcast, Maya Culpa Blue, when you search it wherever audio podcasts are available. Make sure you subscribe to the blue one, not the red one. There it is right there. Michael Cohen, Maya Culpa Blue one right there. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel. We just hit 2.1 million subscribers, 900,000 to go to 3 million subscribers. Let's get there by this summer. Um, and everybody check out patreon.com slash political beatdown. We're going to do our after show right now. We've got a lot to discuss there. It helps support the growth of this show. Um, so if you can go to patreon.com slash political beatdown and the audience as well, as you wait for us to post the after show, check out the video that just dropped on the feed. You can go there right now. Watch it right now. It's called Former DOJ Star Drops the Hammer on GOP Leaders. I think you'll find it very, very fascinating. Cohen, time for the after show. Beatdown Brigaders, we love you. We're grateful for you. Thank you all so, so much. We'll see you next time on Political Beatdown. And shout out to the Midas Mighty.